Creating better businesses with Discovery Business Insurance. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthy Business Show brought to you by Discovery Business Insurance. Many of us have spotted the beautiful shoeshine stands at South African airports, which are such a treat. Today, I have Laren Gaia, who started the airport shoeshine business, but not before he lost everything, even selling his fridge and television. He talks to us today about resilience and why it is important to try and try and try again. Lere, the shoeshine guy, I'm so stoked to have you in uh, in the studio and it's such an honor to be sitting with you. Welcome. Thanks, Fred. Uh, it's my pleasure. I mean, we've been we've been following your story and obviously you've been in the news and there's been a, a lot spoken and written about you. And, and I think just the general narrative is just such a fascinating one. And I, I wanted to start there just to talk about potentially your early years and, and maybe a little bit about the initial stirrings of entrepreneurship. At what point in in your life, I mean, maybe just elaborate a little bit about where you came from, but and 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 what was it about your environment that stirred you to become an entrepreneur? No, the truth is, I think I came from a family of entrepreneurs, I mean, both on my mother and my father's side. So I'm like the firstborn of family of entrepreneurs. My grandfather came from Lesotho, moved to Moltino, from Moltino to Cape Town, had five boys and one girl. Wow. Right. And um, he was a principal, in fact, by profession, and got married. My grandmother was a, was a teacher as well. And they stopped both doing that. And my grandfather started riding, doing taxis, driving taxis, and, and in fact, developed a taxi business. Right. And that was, uh, he was the first people, probably the first two people, started a, a taxi business. So his son gave birth to me. And I was so, I'm light in complexion, I've got small eyes. I was the first <laughs> grandchild who looked exactly like my grandfather. Okay. Everyone else, all of the children also dark, dark complexion. Right? Yes. I was yeah. the first one who looked just like my grandfather. So I was became his favorite. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, sweet. Yeah. So because my, my parents were not married, so I lived with my mother. But my grandfather would wake up every morning, pick me up from school, from home, take me to school, from school, back and forth. But in between, we would travel together, right? Because I looked like him. Yeah. So you dress me exactly like he dresses. Yeah. So he was my hero as well. <laughs> but, um, you know, after, I think I was 20, so 20 years later, all of his children were never really directed to become entrepreneurs, but there were people who just used the money. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. So essentially there was never a second, second level of uh, entrepreneurship within his own children. Sure. Yeah. So then therefore the business essentially he was just feeding a beast that would just would just consumed everything. Okay. So then, so he was providing and there there wasn't a lot of contribution. There correct, was only a, a lot of consumption. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, for me, because I enjoyed being him and spending a lot of time with him because of the weekends, of course, of course, I work with him, right? And then I'll interact with customers. And I think, you know, <sighs> Before I worked with him. So you were following him around and, and watching him do what he does and, and do his, essentially being an entrepreneur, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, Over weekends, gotcha. I'll count money. Okay. So he was, he was providing you with this model at that he stage. Was, he was. He and was, how old were you around about? I was about that 10, 10, 11, 12, until I was 15, I was working with him. Amazing. Yeah, so, so he was my first ideal, you know, person who was entrepreneur. Sure. But of course, I mean, as a, child, as a child, I wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> okay. I was crazy about so being a pilot. pilot, policeman, fireman, yeah. right? That's pretty much it, yeah. right? But I think for me, my parents, whenever they were together, they went to the airport. So I got lots of pictures at home with the three of us at the airport, right? Oh, wow. At the airport all the time. So okay. I think that idea was Is this the Cape, the Cape Town Airport, Cape Town, right? Yeah, Cape Town okay. Airport, yeah. So that idea, I think, was born there. So I was determined to become a pilot. Went to school, did math, science, and English. The whole time, passed my trick, but badly. I went back, I did my trick again, just to make sure my, my, my marks were right. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, did my, my trick twice. Amazing. Then I applied to the Air Force and applied 
to SA, SAA okay. and TPCT, right? What year was this roughly? This is 1994. Okay. 94. Okay. Yeah. So Air Force, when you write they never came back. <laughs> I wrote psychometrics at SAA. <laughs> they didn't come back. <laughs> I wrote psychometrics at UCT. They came back and took me. Okay. But while I was still doing my second part of my trick, right? Yes. SAA came in and we were recruiting. But not the, the, the pilots came. It was just normal SAA ground crew. Okay. So they came, I thought, okay, maybe I can move my way from ground crew to cabin crew, to not cabin crew, to, to, to the cadets game. Sure. Right? So I joined SAA. First year I went, wrote other, other sacramentics. They didn't come back. I got promoted, right? Following year, wrote more sacramentics. I got promoted. But now I'm promoted within middle management on the ground crew. But okay. not in that particular, in, 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 in flying, right? Yeah, now, sure. However, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm flying on my own. So all the, the income I'm making, I'm flying. In what sense? I mean, so now I went to the, to the pilot school. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, okay, did, gotcha. Did my, my private okay. pilot license. So you're privately just going about it yeah, and yeah, fulfilling so. this dream that Correct. you'd had since being a kid. Okay, Correct, yeah. amazing. So, All right. So then I started building mentors, right? Flying mentors. So met first guy I met was Mark Meadams. He flew for Airlink, right? right? So he's prop jets. And then I met a guy, Milo Sali. He was flying pure jets for SAA, right? So those those two were my mentors. So Mark took me to test if I, I, can, I can fly, so he could see I could fly. Then he gave me more tips and, and assisted me in flying. But Smilo, because he was flying jets, he took me to jets and see if I more enjoy flying. And, and I was sitting in, 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 cock, in the cockpit and we're flying regularly, me and him. Believe it or not, I got bored. Oh, uh, wow. Once I experienced what pilots do, it reminded me what my grandfather does. And what my father did, my father was drove buses as well, right, later on in his life. And then I was like, I'm doing exactly what they were doing. Yeah. It's exactly the same feeling yeah. I had. That's so funny, yeah. And I got so bored. It's like it's in your DNA, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got so bored with it. So when I lost my motivation, <laughs> I took I took all my savings, I put myself in a car, and then everyone was like, couldn't believe it. And then get decided to become an, an entrepreneur, because the next thing is, like, who am I going to be now? If I'm not going to be a pilot... Who am I going to be, right? How old are you, r- roughly? You're 97, about 97, I'm 96, 97. Okay. So I'm 20, I'm 24, 25, huh. right? So at the time in 96, 97, it was beginning of uh, BE, right? Yes. And you could see all these young black guys coming through the airport, you know, big uh, laptops and back and forth. I'm like, hmm, this <laughs> BE, there's something to it, right? Yeah. So I decided to become an entrepreneur. Um, so went to my family, told them that I want to be an entrepreneur. At this time, of course, my grandfather's business has gone down, but my uncle's business, he sold live chickens. Okay. In the township and goats and sheep, you see the the, the business that works in yeah, the township. For sure. Yeah, yeah, for the sure. Yeah, business. So I went, yeah, so they said, Larry, you must transit. You can't move from being an employee directly to become a business person. So work with your uncle for a year, and then you can transit into it. Okay. Okay, so Smart advice, sense. yeah. Makes sense. So I worked with my uncle. So I moved him in from earning something like 20000 a month at SAA, to two and a half thousand. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's always gonna be the, the cold the cold shock. The cold shower of starting your own business, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's so never gonna be uncle. easy. Yeah, working with my uncle the whole time. And the lessons I learned today, so he made me operations manager. You know, government institutions they overtrain. So I was trained, right? So I did uh, project management, management. But I, I, they enjoyed me. I suppose I mean I suppose I was one of the people who came through Model C schools, one of the first group. 
Yeah. Came through from Mondo Cisco. So yeah. I articulate myself well. You know, how people presume that if I articulate well, you must be smart. <laughs> but Larry, it also sounds just, I mean, listening to your story, you were so intentional about it. I mean, you, you know, from an early age, you wanted to be a pilot. So then you went through this whole process. You applied at the airports company and you, you know, then it was SAA, ground crew and so on and so forth. And it was, it was essentially the whole time it was on the set of rails that was taking you to a certain place. But, but I mean, that's, that's quite extraordinary. That's uh, that age. A lot of people are just <laughs> shifting and going from one thing to the next yeah, right. until this, this, you know, and, and I mean, getting mentors and all that, that's, I believe that's quite extraordinary for somebody so young and so focused. And then obviously to hit the brick wall and go, this is actually not for me. How did that feel? I mean, that must have been quite a, you know, quite a feeling of maybe anxiety. Were you, were you worried at that stage? Because this is now something that you've thought of incessantly from, from young. Yeah. So um, during that time, I mean, I wasn't depressed as much as per se, but I was lost in yes, terms of sure. where's my drive, where where am I taking it, right? But of course, I mean, which I'm is very common for somebody in their mid twenties, yeah, right? So, so I'm twenty five. Yeah, I have sure. a car. You know, life just is happening to me, and and so I didn't really think about it probably for about two years. You yeah, know? yeah. Two years later, I'm thinking, okay, what's happening with myself? Yeah, I'm earning ten yeah. thousand. <laughs> I was yeah. earning twenty, but yeah, yeah. I mean, no. So I had a house in Cape Town. So I had to sell my car to save my house, okay. right? So things were changing now. So I'm 27, right? This uh, entrepreneurial thing was not going so well. Right? <laughs> I mean, a year later, my uncle fired Again, me. Again, a common story, yeah. yeah. My, my uncle fired me from his business because oh, wow. I was taking over. So I had to go to my own business, right? So I was selling eggs and to, parla- to parliament and the restaurants around that area, yeah? But a supply business, it is shortcoming. Shortcoming about supply business is I supply all of you guys for a month and you're supposed to pay me back and the key part on time. Yeah. But none of those guys do that, right? Because they carry, you, you give them your cash flow, they run their business with your cash flow, cash flow, end of the month, they take care of themselves. Mm. Then you come 25 days later, 30 days later, it gets so bad that 45 days that they wouldn't pay me. Yeah, Jeepers, you were learning all business. the hard lessons right up yes, front. Yes, that's a supply. It's my, it's my first business after my uncle fired me. First one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is your MBA. Yeah, yeah. So luckily for me, there was a competition called Sandler Money Game. Okay. Right? So I so saw the, the ad on television. I was like, sure. Mm, I can do this, right? I got a personality for it. So I applied and I called, interviews, interviews. Eventually I got selected. Told no one in my family, not a single person that I'm going to do this. I think the only day before I went, I told my sister or someone like, look, I'm going to be on television, might be on television. I'll, I'll see what's going to happen. Yeah. So I get to the show. I got these nice ideas. Oh, I just wrote Robert, Robert Kiyosaki, right? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Favorite book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Dad, for sure. That book changed my mindset, right? I think it was, it gave birth to who I am today, you know, how I view the world and see the world. Then I read all of his books, listened to all of his audio tapes. He encouraged and, and and instigated a lot of people actually taking that leap and, and you know, being an entrepreneur was, was quite foreign to a lot of people before he came into South Africa and he did such a great job of of really kind of defining what an entrepreneur should be. So I enjoyed that particular mm. thing. So um, so I, I go to the show, uh, Salam Money Game, and um, three days later, I win it. What? Wow. I didn't expect. I didn't expect it. And then in winning that show, some um, um, one B guy in Cape Town, right, his name is Lemila Kate, saw the show, liked it, 
happened to know my mother as well. Yeah. Called my mother, asked ask me for me to join his company. Join his company. They were at the time we were buying trees from, oh, they're buying assets from, from government, right? Forestry from government. So they're buying forestry from them. So it comes, makes me junior partner, well, director. I buy shares in the business. And a year later, the government still have not traded the, the asset. They have no money. What do they do? They fire me as well. Right. Oh, my world. So I'm out of How old were you then? Yeah, I'm 28 now. Cheapest. Yeah. Fired twice. Fired twice. <laughs> by, by one by a family member, <laughs> one by a family friend. That's amazing. Uh, Before yeah, you're 30. I mean, the lessons, though, I learned there, right? I mean, this is a, co- it's a corporate type of business yeah. that they were running. Is that, you know, everyone suffers goes through cash flow problems, yeah. right? And even directors, they their structure of how they think, how they approach, how they pitch, that was good for me. I mean, those lessons were, were incredible that I learned from them, yeah? So uh, I decided, okay, cool. Let me take my my um, my retirement money from SA, buy myself a franchise, right? There was a guy who was selling a franchise is public mobile cell phones, right? So it's a mobile phone, but it's got a box. Okay. So guys walking on the on the street, gives you give him cash. He walks with you while you're making your call. Oh wow! You're in the, you're in the taxi. You're in the cab. So people to make a call. You pay the guy, you make a call. Oh, wow. I mean, it makes sense to buy this franchise thing and sell to young people. Yeah. And then, I mean, this device is cost something like 6,000 rands. I mean, I thought it was mm. a perfect person. It would work for me. Right? Mm. I'm a great sales guy. I'll probably be able to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I would buy from you, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um. What happened? Banks wouldn't fund this 6,000 rands, right? Because they said the device is an asset, but the asset is mobile. So they can't find this because there's people, mm. they would rather find those containers, those big containers that you said, those public phone yes, containers. Because yeah. yeah. those things are more of a fixed asset. Yeah. People won't run away from that. My yes. business died. Oh, boy. Guy came back, took a big franchise. I was, what much? I think about 90K out of pocket. I'm curious, Larry, I mean, th- th- this is a, a string of setbacks. I mean, you were basically being knocked left, right and center. How did you keep your spirits up during that time? I mean, there was there was some pretty big knocks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I've, my, I think it's my disposition and my family support, right? Okay. So, you um, had support. You had a framework around yeah, you that yeah, was yeah, really yeah, helping yeah, you. Yeah, okay. so my mother and my family, they're quite, they're quite they're good. And how important do you think that is for entrepreneurs these days? I mean, they're, like, any entrepreneur anywhere, everywhere in the world, it's hard to start a business, to run a business, to scale a business. How important do you think having that framework of friends and family and people who you know you can trust to to back you up along yeah, that way? I think, I think any person now requires that kind of support. Sure. You know, no matter what business you are in, you need a community of support. You know, where mm. you know you feel safe, you know, where they encourage you, mm. they know what to speak to, you know, sometimes they knock you besides the head to say, get up and go now. Mm. Sometimes they say, oh, poor boy, okay, oh, so sorry. Yeah. For you. <laughs> sometimes yeah, you need it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out. Yeah, yeah. Get out and show them. Um, so I think my family are great like that. Okay. Right? They are incredibly thoughtful and and considerate. They allow me to, to wallow as well. Like was time I was wallowing. They give me a time to wallow. At the end of the period, they keep my bum say. <laughs> it's time to get go. going oh, yeah. again. Go. And and what next? What happened after that? So um, so after then that setback, I um, I just sell my car. 
because my house by this time I've not been earning for a while. Yeah. I've been paying my bond. No, actually, it wasn't even my bond. It was my levies. I didn't pay levies for probably almost a year. Wow. So the guys were repossessing my house to pay the levies, sold my car, saved my levies, got my girlfriend to move in with me to cover everything. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to picture how that conversation <laughs> went. <laughs> you're, spending, you're spending enough time here. You might as well move in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but she knew. Again, she you're a great sales did. guy. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it obviously so, worked. <laughs> yes, we moved in. <laughs> and then covered basics. But the guys that uh, that were forestry guys, right? Yeah. They like took pity on me. So probably a couple of months down the road. Said, so come back. Our, our secretary is out of office for two months. You can come and work. Yes, that was a terrible job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you were back in as an employee. As an employee, yeah, just yeah. for two months, just for me to cover, to yeah. cover right? Yeah. Uh, and then she came back and then I went. But um, I think it was about eight months without any income. So when it came to a stage where I had to keep 20 rents in my pocket to stop myself from starving too much. You know, mm. if you have money in your pocket, you choose not to buy the pie mm. or to buy the sandwich. It's your choice because you do have money. Yeah. But if you have no money in your pocket, you're desperate. Yeah. Right? So and it, it starts to impact in your, your mindset. Your mindset. Yeah, Correct. for sure. Correct. It starts impacting your mindset. So I would keep that kind of money in my chest all the time. Mm. So that I know it's my mind who's choosing not to buy. Mm. So it's because I, I can't. One of friend of mine on the restaurant, so they go there for lunch. So I'd wait for them to go and they go eat. I eat because my wife, I would drive her to work, right? Because my girlfriend still at the time. I would drive her to work, but I didn't have enough petrol to drive back, come back and fetch her and go back again. Yeah. So I would drop her and then hang around town in Cape Town, hang around town and then go sit at my friend's restaurant because I know when they eat, I'm going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> again, smart, yeah. like it. You yeah. got to hustle in those, <laughs> in those times. You got to hustle. So while I'm sitting at, at that point and a friend of mine just came in from his lunch that one on the restaurant said to me, look, I've been seeing you, it's been three weeks now. You've been coming here, it's fine, I'm enjoy, I enjoy your company, thank you great, Leary. But you must think of this way, a hungry man can think. Right, you must have something that will get you income to get you through the next level. Sure. So while he's still saying this, and he's just left, and I'm reading this, this article on Cape Times or something, and I see across this article is talking about the Shushan guy, this guy shining shoes, I can see him right across me. Oh wow! Yeah, and he's saying this guy is making six, seven thousand rands a month. He's got his business people give him shoes, and he's making incredible amount of money. Yeah. But for me. 6k a month was an incredibly lot of money. Yeah. It's like even if I made half of that. Sure. Right? If you got 20 bucks in your pocket. Yeah, and for it's the last now... three weeks. Yeah. So I'm like, no, no, that I'm doing. Right. So I knew that there was a, a youth, some sort of a youth fund around the corner, right, where they do business plans for you. Yeah. So I closed the newspaper and I walked there. I asked them to do a business plan for me. They go, what? Shoshan? Yes, Shoshan. Way at the airport. So. Somehow I convinced this guy to say you yes. You mentioned the airport because you had I a frame of reference, yeah, you had a history, yeah, and you kind of knew yeah. because I, I that there was a captive yeah. market. So I, looked at, I looked at him and I saw he had a lot of downtime. He'll be busy in the morning, a lot of downtime during the day. Yeah. Maybe when people come back from work in the evening, then he would work a little bit and then he'd close and go, close shop and go. Yeah. But at the airport, I knew that there's a lot of traffic going through that. So probably I would make my three, four, five thousand rands. I swear I was aiming for that amount of money. Okay, right? for sure. So, um, I go and then they, I convince them to tell them that it's business to make money. They spent 16,000 rands to make a business plan for me. What? For a shoe shine business. 16,000. <laughs> the consultant charges them 16,000 rands yeah. to do a business plan. Yeah. It's crazy structure. Anyway, um, I go to the airport and I see the general manager because one of the people I knew. Sorry, just a quick interjection. 
Do you still have that business plan? I want to. I want to see what a sixteen thousand rand business plan actually looks like. I'd love to no, get my hands on that. Mach- I lost in the machine. The machine got lost. Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. yeah. So I go to the general manager. I think it was in November. I asked him to. No, I want to. I pitched him that I want to study social service. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Guy really was thinking. Why do you need to meet a general manager? All right. Because. One of the people I knew, one of the, those, those, that B company I knew, yeah. they knew him directly. So they sent to him, so I was over pitching to him. Like, no, 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 you need a retail manager. But he's on leave now, it's coming back in February. <laughs> so I went for February Denied. and I pitched to this guy as well. He also likes it. He said, okay, cool, let me go to tender office. Tender office, in, meet in April. Okay, they meet what, in April. What year was this? This is 2002, 2003. So 2003, yeah, right? So in April they meet, they like the idea as well. So they're okay, cool. Let's allocate to the to the operations guys. They go to the operations guys, but they meet in May, right? In May they meet, operations guys like it. Then I must go back to retail guys to find a spot. This is a long time in that you're August, biding your time to. In, dude, I'm I'm so broke. Okay. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so broke. It was from twenty rand. You got like five rand now. My 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 father's telling me that dude, I wasted money on you. I took you to a good school. You even went to flying school. No. You want to be a pilot, you want to be a show shiner. You're waiting eight months of your life to become a show shiner. That's a good point. I mean, it's the narrative of a shoe shine guy is is so much at the, it feels almost like that's, you know, at the bottom of the barrel, at the, at the bottom rung of the yeah. ladder. And, and for the perception for a father must be, why? Why would you want to do that? Why would a smart guy like this? But you're seeing the entrepreneurial I side of the it, right? Because I'm so fed up being employed. I'm so fed up working for everyone else. I just want to do this thing for myself and it sure. takes me to the next level. I just want something to take me to the next level, right? Got it. I think it's almost there. I think it's almost there. The time comes, people promised me to say, give me money, right? So yeah. From my uncle to the big guys, everyone said, no, 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 don't worry about the funding. We'll give you. How much is it? Six thousand dollars or nothing. We'll give it to you. Yeah. Cool. No worried about that. Apple's company come back, give me the lease. I signed the lease. And the day that I'm supposed, oh, I'm supposed to give the guy the cash so that he pulls two weeks before. Right, builds the chairs and builds the um, <clears throat> the equipment. Okay. Call my uncle. Dodge says, "I'll come back to you. I'll come back to you now." Go on. I call the B guy. He says, "I'll come back to you too. I'll come back to you." Two days go. They don't answer their calls anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Screening your calls. <laughs> call, I call Give my mom. Friends, I'm not. I call a, I'm my mom. I'm here. like, "Mom, this guy's not coming back to me." <laughs> they said they will. They said there was nothing. Yeah. I says, "Oh, okay. I'll give you a thousand rents." Your yes. mom says this to you. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Give it thousand rands, you find, must find the rest. So I go to my house, take my TV, put it in the car, take my fridge, put it in the car. Well, I didn't take my fridge first. I took my TV and my radio. Went to two cash converters. Thought they would give me 12,000 rands for both. Yeah. They gave me three. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. gave me three, right? Came back to my fridge, put it in. They gave me two. I had five plus my mother's one. I had six. Went back, paid the guy. My wife called me. She said... Baby, we've been robbed. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm coming. Uh, we we like, need to talk. Yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. No, call the police. No, the police. I'm coming. <laughs> she was pissed. Uh, she's completely upset with me. Okay, so there's a lesson right there. Just speak to your wife yeah, before, before, before you actually sell all your, your furniture. Remember for her too, right? She's been supporting this guy for eight months. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not been earning any money. Now the same okay, guy. Okay, so she was contributing and supporting you Correct. whilst you were having these wild flights Correct. of fancy, of, entrepreneurial fa- I fancy. Want, and I want to become a showshine guy. Sure. It's crazy for her. Yeah. Now I want to take the television, I want to take the radio, and I want to sell it 
In order to feel in order that for dream. Him to start guy, yeah. right? It's a completely different discussion for her. She's like, are you mad? So started the business in November. And um, says I was expecting to make something like 5,000 rands. Yeah. 12,000 rands. What? Like, but, uh, just quickly though, because I think there's an incredible lesson in connecting the dots here. I mean, you had this formative experience at the airport and you saw a shoeshine guy across the road after reading the article you went to the place around the corner you applied back to the airport to and and you know really kind of pushed all the way through all these different uh, hurdles and obstacles to get to that point I mean th that's amazing first of all that you connected the dots from a strategic perspective but then you actually you operationally fulfilled upon that. You you made it happen, which is extraordinary. That's I mean, crazy. you know, from that scale, from having 20 rand in your pocket to making that happen, yeah. that must have been such an incredible vindication of your <laughs> of all these these people saying, no, no, no. Exactly. And now you've got 12, double what was, or, or quadruple what you expected. And let me just give this guy, I, do, I recruit one guy, right? Because we two of us, one will be working at domestic, and one at, at international, right? So one of my friends... This is at Cape, Cape Town International, right? Yeah. And, and it's, where was it? Like down that slope and then... Yeah, so back in the day, before they... They, they, renovated, they renovated the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, so you gotcha. remember you used to go in, the two security officers, yes. one is BA, one on SAA okay, side. Gotcha. So, so there's lots of, there was, lots of pedestrian there was a traffic. There and the bookshop. Sure. So right opposite the bookshop. Okay. Right, one chair, then it was on the other side of one chair, right? Gotcha. But the funny story, I'm going to tell you about this employee, right? What was the first day like? What were the first... What was oh, the, so Apple's company put us in the wrong place right instead of putting us past security they yeah. put us pre-security yeah and now the problem is the pre-security all the the meters and greeters right at the airport yeah with their people is full is packed and the the, the guy who was or the carpenter didn't give me the right equipment so uh, instead of sitting down and me having sitting on, on the shoe stool sure. and shine your shoes yeah there was nothing so i had to kneel and the guy put his shoes on my on my on, on my on my leg yeah shiny shoes over there right and uh, so I had to go and complain. So maybe it took them three days and they put us on the other side. Okay. And the other side was better, right? And by the time I had this little stool. But I realized earlier on, I called the business at the time, Airport Shoshine. Okay. Yeah? And the customers were like, hmm, what is this thing? You know, yeah. do you work for the airport? And they're yeah. like, no, I don't. I, I work for myself. And who are you, Leary? And then it began first week, second week. Then it began to know me, right? Yeah. And um, So then, it, was, it was quite slow in the beginning, right? Yeah, it was slow. Yeah, I would solicit. So I had to engage customers. Very much what like my, my guys do right now. Yes. I walk up to you and say, sir, your shoes look a little suspect. <laughs> shine your shoes. Your shoes need some work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. that, that kind of way. So try my way into getting you shine your shoes. And I mean, I used to leave the house at four o'clock in the morning to be there at, at five o'clock. Okay. Right. And then leave at the airport at, at eight o'clock because I close at nine, but I leave at eight and be home at about half past ten. Wow. Right. Then the whole thing happens over again until probably the following year. Okay. Right, so they didn't see my children. And at this at this stage, was your was your wife questioning you every time you come home? And like to no, so the first month when we made the, made the 12th, yeah. right, so I was able to buy back the, the fridge was more important, not the oh, TV. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I bought the TV back and put some money back on the radio, yeah. And then, and then took took one money, one amount of money, but one chair, one extra chair. So <laughs> two chairs, and one international two with me. Okay. So that was November. In November, we did about 19. 
Wow. And then we were like, wow, this thing is flying. You're off to the right? races. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I got my TV back. I got my radio back. Back now, this thing. And, and this your guy. wife back. Now, now, just, now, just, now, this guy, this guy, this guy. Now yeah. we're talking. Now we're talking, right? <laughs> Bought one more chair, put another chair at, um, at International, like at four chairs, right? Nice. So it four chairs and now only two shifts, right? So they'd employ two other people, employ two other people, myself. One other guy, so other guy, two other guys. How did you feel at this time? I mean, were no, you excited? I'm, I'm you must have been now. seeing this. I'm the man now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, yeah. So I had a Uno, right? Did you speak to your uncle? Did you tell him, listen, no, dude, no, this is what's know. going on? I forgot about him by the time. <laughs> I had his Uno, yeah. My wife did something to it, and then he didn't have a grill or a bumper. Yeah. So I parked it at the airport and the police saw it one day. They called all the firing squad, the bomb squad. <laughs> they thought it was one of those other guys who blow up the yeah. airport. They were looking at it. It was, uh, the thing was, it was terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> so that was next on your shopping list. So no, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't. It was only the following year. Right? Okay. But during that period then, customers said to me, look, Larry, we come to engage Larry. We're not coming to engage airport, Shoeshine. Mm. So I changed the name, right? So I changed the name from Larry Shoeshine Experience. Because the experience that they wanted to engage in. Yeah, and it's uh, personal yeah. all of a sudden. Same thing my customers told me that, look, Leary, if you really want to be an entrepreneur, know your customers. And your customers are business people, so read the financial mail, business business, uh, business times, and those kind of business uh, consume, consume that kind. Know what's happening around you so that you can be a conversationalist. Yeah. So I started reading non-stop. Amazing. Non-stop. So I knew everything now. So suddenly... Over about four weeks, I knew nothing, but then now you, you follow stories, right? And the only thing I didn't know, I mean, I didn't know about inflation, how inflation works. So I asked my customers. Constantly asked my customers. Oh, wow. My customers. So my there customers. was this kind of so cyclical, yeah, yeah, cyclical yeah. process, this, this transaction. So you were initiating the conversation and they were educating you, right? Exactly. Because ostensibly you had these high-powered business people who knew a lot about a lot. Exactly. So you, you had your education. I That's amazing. I had education right there, right wow. there. I didn't know about micro, microeconomics, macroeconomics, right there. That's incredible. Teaching me right there. So I began to fall in love with financial And were people, were people generous with their information? They were incredibly generous. Oh, incredible. Wow. They would even uh, offer books, say, go buy this book, go buy this book. And before they, I worked across a bookshop. So I'll go put it down and then take a book and read. And you were getting repeat customers at the yeah, stage. They're yeah. starting to know you and your So, so one of my customers team. then, um, I think he is one of his customers at SAB. Okay. Then he knew about SAB Kickstart. Right. Hmm. He told me this in November that he wanted me to apply for this thing, but I just disregarded it. I think in January it comes he filled in everything. <laughs> he says, sign here. <laughs> oh wow. So I signed. Um and then he took the form. Then the following week I get a call from a CB Kickstart. Right. They wow. say That's incredible. It's like an angel. That's yeah, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um so they called me Sir Leary, come for interviews. Out of try that the people, they chose thirteen. Right? And I was part of the thirteen. After 13, about four months later, there's a competition at the end of the period. Yeah, yeah. I won the period. I won that competition. Amazing. Right? And then they gave me about 60K. Huh. Huh. 60K. Nice. You can do quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You can reinvest nicely. I I had four chairs. I put six chairs at domestic, two chairs at... at, at When was this now? This is 2000 following year four. 2004, okay. So I moved my turn over from 24, 25 to 48. Wow. Then I was like cooking now. That's impressive growth. That's cooking. incredible. Yeah. Now, 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 
my my wife telling everyone, what did you say about my husband? <laughs> yes. And my mom is proud. Everybody says, we knew you were going to make it. Yeah, we, yeah, we always, we we always said that. Always, we knew you were going to make it. <laughs> awesome. So, so that guy, you know, began to transform my business. Yeah. And they began to believe in me, my operations guy. Because the operations guy, the first guy, he was my operations manager. Now. Okay. So we already now have ambitions to go to Johannesburg and, and, and Durban, right? And then we were soliciting a post company in Johannesburg for probably a year. Can you guys, can you, if you work in Cape Town, obviously it's going to work in yeah, Johannesburg. Yeah, for sure. Please just do it. Please just do it. Please just do it. No go. A customer says, do you have business cards? No, I don't. You must always have business cards, Leary. Okay, go make business cards. Two days after I had business cards, this woman's walking past, trying to get her shoes. And then she tells me, no, 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 it's not true. I read about Apple's company's performance and the new CEO, Mon Tlantlantla was this new CEO, right? Yes. I read it on Financial Mail. Yeah. Then I see her walking past, right? And I said, go, hi, say hi. Hi, my name is Leary. I run this modest research <laughs> business over here. We're doing it for a year. We employ eight people. This is doing well. It's like, wow. Then she asked, do you have a business card? I'm yes. like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And we tried to go to, to Oratambo and, you know, we're not finding... Good traction there. We don't know. Maybe the retail managers don't see our emails. How long? I tell us. Like, okay, don't worry about it. Following week or following day, a boss company or table calls me. Hello, Liri. How are you? Oh, amazing. Then that's so cool. Three months later, we're moving to Johannesburg. Brilliant. Then, okay, that's uh, 2006. By the time, okay, 2006, our first month in Johannesburg, we made same turnover as Cape Town. Wow. First month. Yeah. Made fifty-two thousand in our first month. We just couldn't believe we were blown away. Mm. And then we knew, I get this thing, it's no longer a transitional business, it is the business. Yeah. Right? So, the, so because we did well in Cape Town, we went to, to Turban as well. We did incredibly well there as well. Right? So we went to the, all the airports. We went to Bloemfontein, East London, Port Elizabeth. Yes, this was four, four. Yeah? yeah. Spent all our cash flow preparing. We're going to make, we'll make some serious money in this. Yeah. Dead. Mm. They were eating our cash flow like crazy. All the sessions, because the guys are making money, we have to pay rentals, we have to pay support those guys because their turnover are not good enough to support them. Mm. It was crazy. Mm. Probably took me something like three, four months to realize that this, this, this will kill our business. Mm. We were lucky that Apple's company were not demanding the rental the way that they normally do. They allowed us to give us some leeway. But it got so bad that it just, it turned out our business because we're growing too quickly. Sure. That's such a valuable lesson for yeah. every entrepreneur. As yeah. soon as you hit that growth, you got to be so careful. It's it's something that's so hard to realize until you've been through it. When you start to see that hockey stick growth and, and you know, you, it's like a rush of blood to the head, right? You think you can conquer the world, but it's no. the time that you need to be exactly. the most careful, right? Exactly. You know, it takes a lot for, for one to recognize first it was a big blunder. Mm. And number two, you do the numbers that look, what is going to cost me to go back to all those stations to go fetch those chairs, right? It's a big calculation, like it's not, it's not worth my, my time to go fetch those chairs. Yeah. Rather give those chairs to those people yeah. because it's not. And then try to have a conversation with Apple's company. I said, look, Apple's company, can I get out of those leases? Because... Let, let the young entrepreneurs have an opportunity to operate. Okay. Me, I'm happy. I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy where I'm making a little bit of cash yeah. and I'm not burning my future. Time. I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. Let them all have those things, right? So, so Apple's company was nice enough. They, they got me off the leases and let those young entrepreneurs run their own businesses. Good. Something good, they went down, most of them, probably two guys still out of life. But uh, we, we were like, wow. <laughs> no, some, some growth are not that great. Hmm. But what we did then, we tried to consolidate what we had, Right. We grew, we grew our chairs, we grew the quality of service. 
we put our structure nicer. We try to, to diversify our income. We try to do things like advertising and events, right? So, yeah, exhibitions, events, and weddings. Okay. Big contributor in our income. Mm. Advertising or sponsorship became also another income for us. And what do you mean by that? Like, like branding, what? Yeah, what were yeah, you advertising? Yeah. So Where what, were you advertising? One of the what challenges we had at Oratambo was because we were taking um, space in real estate, real estate, airport real estate. Yeah, it's, right? it's Which is prime. central, prime, prime beautiful, estate, highly trafficked. But for, for low income. As far as Apple's company, sure. yeah, as far as Apple's company, we're, we're concerned. Yeah. We we took prime real estate, but we were lower income for them, mm. right? So they needed to move us where we are. But where we were was for us was ideal because as you come through the gate, you meet us, yeah. right? So they put us in a dodgy area, our business is gonna fail, right? So had a fight with with the retail managers. And a story for another day. Yeah, but one of the, one of the things we came we, we we came up with was okay, look, because we're in prime space, sorry, in prime space, we can then advertise. Right in our space. Yeah. Therefore, our contribution then to the income of Apple's company a little bit can more. Can be larger, yeah. Yeah, could be larger, sure. and then it justifies us sure. being in the space. Like, oh, you're okay. You try this thing of yours, see if it's gonna work. We tried it. We got. So what? If practically, what was it like? Billboard space? Yeah, yeah, or, billboard, okay, sure. so you, you actually designed it. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful, very highly visible uh, yeah. space that people. I mean, you're going to miss that. Yeah. Okay, so, so big billboards, billboards that showed your so, your customers' adverts and correct. branding so people, and so on. Because we we were both a, a transitional space. So customers were passing by, they transit and they see the board, mm. but also static because customers sit down. So they sit down in, in the middle of your ad, right? Mm. So you ad, you sit down and you in, in, interact with the ad, essentially. Yeah. So we sold that. Customers bid, they enjoyed it, then they bought, and then we were able to have a different conversation with neighbors company like, look, we were entrepreneurial. So we found a way in which yeah. we had extra income, yeah. justifies us having the space we have, and then it quieted them down for a number of months. And next next year we came and they couldn't at least because, I mean, we've been there for 16 years. 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's uh, truly amazing. I mean, it adds so much, though, to, I think, the spirit of the the airport itself. Correct. You know, when you walk through, particularly, I mean, for me, because I'm always... I'm always in transit between Cape Town and Johannesburg. And when you get in, you go through the gates in Johannesburg and you're confronted by this row of smiling faces who are just so energetic and dynamic. And you've obviously trained them in how to communicate with people in, in a, I think, a very you know, exciting and uh, and generous way that it it lifts it lifts you. It actually gives you a bit of a, a jolt of energy. It makes you smile, and um, and whether or not you you know you you have a shoe shine, it's uh, it still lifts your mood, which Correct. I think is great. You know, so also our modeling was similar to franchising. Right, because I mean, in your readings with with, with Robert as well, Robert Kiyosaki, yeah, yes, for sure, talks about multiple incomes. Right, there might be small multiple incomes, but that's what you, what what a real entrepreneur does, right? Yeah. Was essentially you want to buy your time, so time is important. Okay, income and time they relatively right. Yeah. So most people who are self-employed, like doctors and, and professionals, they have to be there to earn their money. If they are sick, they don't make money, right? Whereas entrepreneurs, they have the other way, they flip they flip it. If you employ multiple people, you get income from from those from from their from their time. Right, but also it frees up your time. Mm. Right, 
And of course, I man, really life's about time. Mm. If you have time and income, then you're really enjoying what the real meaning of life. Sure. Yeah. Spend time with family and mm. friends. And they find value then in you because then you have a disposition that is far more happier, far more stronger, and then you build them up yeah. as better people. It's timeless principles, right? From Kiyosaki to Michael Gerber and to all of these, you know, these great consultants, they talk about moving, you know, moving out of the rat race, working on the business and not in the business. And you've got to unlock that. You know, the beauty beauty of what your journey has shown us is that you started by really investing your own time and energy and your wherewithal into the business. So you learned everything about it, but then you stepped above and you started delegating all of those tasks to to your team Correct. and freeing up your time, right? Yeah, and also I mean, the type of leadership that I need to be. So luckily, I had great leaders, right? Yeah. And they delegated but never engaged, right? Mm. So they built the team up so the team is functional without them, right? Yeah. And then they support the team. They make mistakes, it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. As long as you learn from them and then don't do it again. Mm. So I had those kind of people in my life that that did those kind of things. Your, both, your mentors, right? Mentors, yeah, yes, both, sure. both at, at, in my work at SAA and both outside of SAA. Mm. I was lucky to have those kind of people. So therefore, my style then of, of leadership, of, of, of development is I build you and I build you and I let you go. Yeah. Right? And I train you now so that you're competent and you believe you can do it. Sure. Then it allows me then, it allows you to be confident, to find the freedom, to make your own decisions within, of course, the, 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 framework. the, the framework of yeah. our business and, and, and uh, culture. Yeah. Right? But it's the kind of culture you want to build that you build people, then you step out. Then they are able to run the business without you because they have confidence, they know the systems. You put a system down that is strong, that they are able then to run within the system. Mm. Then they don't really need you all the time. And it's that kind of leadership then that really differentiates a successful, extremely successful business or, or as longevity yeah. versus businesses that, that are successful for a few years, then they, then they fall down because no one's got the strength of running 40 people across across the country. Sure. No one can manage all of those things. Yeah. You need to make sure they manage themselves yeah. and you put systems, of course, that that, that, that make sure that they work within a framework that, you, that, is, that is measurable. Yeah, and how important is it for them to understand the mission and the cause and the purpose behind your business? I mean, is is how would you define that with uh, with the shoeshine business? I mean, what, what is it that really connects the, the team to yeah, this? Yeah, so we, we focused, right? So we focused on the customer. So, we're customer-centric, okay. essentially, because we know we derive our value from customers, right? Our service is really not that much of a muchness, truth be told, right? Shining shoes is shining shoes is shining shoes. Mm. Anyone can do that. Yeah. But the real key and the gradient here is the ability to create relationships. To connect. Yeah. Sure. Right? So up front, they know that me, I'm an infrastructure guy. So I make sure they have all the infrastructure, but they the face of the business. Yeah. Of course, I must make sure I, make, I, I give them culture and value. Yeah. So my culture and values, they come from me, but they then become the faces. So of it's kind of an extension of your personality, Correct. right? Exactly that. Which is very exactly engaging yeah. and it's it's highly personable and mm. so on. Which leads me to the question, how how do you find your people? Because your your company or the Shushan business is your people, right? So how do you attract the right people and how do you grow them in terms of or how, or how have you grown them? So initially, well, always been, I suppose. My, my manager, he was the one who was responsible in getting people, right? His, his style was getting people to know each other. Mm. So if I know you, then I'm, I'm responsible for you. Mm. So you refer someone, so three guys will bring three, three people. We interview three people, choose one, and after one, the guy who introduced him is responsible for training him, 
and mentoring him. Oh, wow. Okay. Right. So it's kind of like a pay it forward kind of model. Correct. All right. That's amazing. But of course, it, it's got its own shortcomings. I mean, the main shortcomings is most of them will be similar from the same group. Yeah. So most of them will be closer. Yeah. Most of them will be male from the same area. Sure. So there's not a lot of diversity there's in other words. Yeah. Because of that. But also, it creates loyalty creates consistency, sure. they all live in the same area. So if guy would move from the Eastern Cape, he lives with this guy until he's strong enough and he's on his own place. Yeah. They, that kind of culture they have amongst them. So they know each other. Gotcha. Yeah. So that 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 helps, right? Mm. And it also takes away from me the whole administration of looking for people. Looking for people is uh, often one of the biggest challenges, biggest challenges to yeah. an entrepreneur. Sure. So so that allows me that. So that's the kind of culture we do. And of course, you know, that one of the criteria we have is not to be well educated, but mm. it's to be able to have interpersonal skills and know how to engage customers. Gotcha. Right? And once you have that, then your English, your eloquence doesn't really have to be that great as long as you're able to interact. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And to establish some kind of connection. Yeah. So when yeah. you employ people, when you find people and you, you bring them on board, is that's the key element that you're looking Correct. for. It's not necessarily that they're the best shoe shiner. No. <laughs> it's about no. whether or not they can actually yeah. engage in, in a healthy uh, conversation yeah. with, with the, the customer. Correct. Okay. And that makes the customer, the engagement makes him walk away wanting, what's a nice engagement? Make me feel nice. Now I can go into my day. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, most of the customers are high powered. So it's nice for them to just stop thinking for a while, just laugh with this guy, you know? Yeah. And also, that whole experience at the shoe shine needs that engagement to be so easy and so nonchalant yeah. that for, for some time, you're not looking at your day, not thinking about your day, not thinking yeah. about structuring, but you're gonna say nothing. At that point in time, you're just here laughing with this guy, right? Yeah, for sure. Don't silly things. And it's an experience as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. I've had my I've I mean I've been through that airport so many times, and your guys have helped me, and it's just such a lovely experience because it's relaxing, it's it's personable, it's fun, and uh, and it's it's rewarding. You know, there's a certain reward around. Just sitting there and taking a tiny little bit of time off your Correct. day, which is usually pretty busy when you're going from mm. one airport to the next. You know, some of the things that uh, while we were talking about, what kind of people I choose. While I was growing, becoming an entrepreneur, I asked myself, what kind of entrepreneurs do I want to be? Mm. Okay, so I chose, right? So it moved from the guy that, 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 that pre, pre Shushai. Yes. Entering Shushan. Yeah. Right, I mean, I met a guy, Silo Moloko, was an uh, all mutual. Asset managing CEO. Okay. Met him, joined him. Met a guy who, he was talking about things differently. Like he looked at the world a bit differently. I liked the way he thought. I liked the way he was traditional in his way that men must be men and must be developed to know their place in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Particularly young black men. I mean, I don't think there's enough people who believe in them. Yeah. Right. To make them feel that they're worthy in the world. Yeah. Met a guy from Petro SA. Amazing guy. Met Adrian Go. Loved him from the moment I met him. Okay. Uh, same height. No, yeah. Same height. <laughs> um, yeah, but a giant in business, giant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just and hyper, hyper completely. I, mean, uh, yeah. I remember um, I was selected to become Endeavor Entrepreneur. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was in the program as well, very <laughs> shortly, but it, I, I didn't make it through. It was just too hard for I, me. I made, I made it through. Oh, well done. Yeah, I made it okay. through. I, I, I know how hard it is. That's how I met Adrian Goy. Yeah, yeah. So now, obviously, you've established this business and it's it's a uh, iconic business. Everybody who's been to the airport, who's traveled in, a, in and around South Africa knows your business and most of us have actually used your business. So it's an incredible success story. So, You've gotten to a particular point, you know, it's been 15 years later and you're still a young man. <laughs> and and so, so what, um, what's next? 
So, so all entrepreneurs, I mean, they need to go from, move from stage to stage, right? Yeah. I've been a small business for a while. And you I've need been to evolve, it. right? Yeah, I need yeah. to evolve, yeah. And so some of the change that entrepreneurs to do is to go to the next level. And of course, I had number, I got three of them, that I, oh, two of them really, that I tried, right, to move to the next level. Okay. The one was, um, I was trying to provide shower, shower facilities for, for low-income township uh, okay. communities. Because the, um, the states, the South Africa gave, gave a number that two-thirds of South Africans or 66% of South Africans don't have hot water mm. in their homes. So mm. I was like, what? This is a basic thing. Yeah. Everyone should have this. Yeah, it should be a human right, right? So I went to the present school of, of entrepreneurs, pitched it. They liked it, obviously. They gave me the money and I was excited about it, but the money was low in coming out. So I used my social business income to, because I know I was hedging the 450K they were going to give me versus the money. So I just took money from the social line, built the, built the area. It didn't come, didn't come through too much. And by the time I... Over invested myself into this business. They, only, they think they took about 150. Then it, it fell apart at the person's school. When was this now? It was 20, 2010. Okay. 2009, 2010. Okay. Right. So that business, the reason, two reasons didn't work out. First reason is people behavior. They never, they never put up in, in, wash, in showering. They don't know what showering is. Mm. And it's, it scares them. So it doesn't be a behavior change. No one's got money for behavior change type mm. of things. Second thing, ESCOM refused to electrify my, my center because they felt people would steal electricity from my center. So therefore, I was using a generator for three months. Crazy. Mm, thousand super a day expensive, in diesel. yeah. Thousand dollars a day in diesel. 30,000 at the end of the month. Mm. It makes no sense, right? And your employees didn't make any sense, so he died. But it was a good idea. It was a great idea. I thought it was a really amazing idea. Sure. Right? So I said, okay, maybe let's move it to the taxi rank, but the taxi politics didn't work out there as well. So I started killing that business. And then I tried to recover again for a while because can't use cash flow. So I always believe this. I know the Wright brothers, right? They invented flying yeah. using bicycle income. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the story. Right? Yeah, yeah. The bicycle shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the bicycle shop funded the, the, the invention of flying. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. I love the story. So I always think of the story all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And it's often like that, you know, it takes another perspective to, to look into another sector in order to innovate and evolve it. Correct. So, so for me then, I, um, I always also, not always had the belief, when my, my, my grandparents passed on, right, when the first one passed on, we buried them in one cemetery. Mm. The second one passed on, we couldn't bury them next to each other. And because the cemeteries were full, yeah, so yeah. therefore we needed to look for a different cemetery. So it touched me so much, then I started modeling how this thing would work, is the municipality managing it well? Then it became modeling around the business. If you were a business, how would it work? Yeah. And then the modeling around my head made sense. Then I liked it. And then it moved from my head into paper. And then from paper, it became numbers. <laughs> the numbers work. Yeah, yeah. When the numbers worked, it's like, oh, okay. But it can't be a business if not protected. You know, what is my marketing edge? Yeah. I didn't have a marketing edge. Anyone, if I take it to a municipality, yeah. or if I did it, yeah. proved it, someone else would come and take it over for me. So that was a shortcoming. Then I need to find a way in which I can make it a protective business that I can interact with. So spoke to attorneys. They said, no, 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 I think idea can be patented. Oh, really? Yeah. So my idea was patented. Then I have a patent. And the idea base, or at least the challenge, the problem that you're solving is that we just don't have enough space. Correct. In terms of, of ideal space so that, you know, a couple such as your grandparents could be buried respectfully and honorably next to each other. Correct. So, Larry, this is this is happening. I mean, we're not just talking about an idea. You, you've you've patented it. 
you have the the rights to it, and you have you identified the first the yeah, first yeah. land. So, so we spoke to the city. The city likes the idea. Okay. They gave us a land land. City piloted. being Johannesburg. City of Johannesburg. Yeah. Okay. But we spoke to we presented at the national conference of cemeteries. Right. Okay. But there's a national conference of cemeteries. <laughs> there is, yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 missed, I missed that invite. <laughs> yeah. So not, not too many people know this. No, no, sure. Yeah. So, sure. Um, so the city, anyway, we live in Johannesburg, so they, they, they are immediately impacted because Johannesburg is a highly urbanized area. Yeah. So they were keen. So they gave us uh, Avalon to do our pilot, right? We have an insurance partner that wants to be the one who underwrites us. Okay. They sell insurance. And then, of course, it's a part of finding it, right? At the moment, we're trying to find different ways of finding it, where we talk to insurance companies, sell them rights to buy the land in advance, or sell them rights to name the cemeteries, or to, last part, sell to funeral parlors as mm. well in advance mm. of plan. Then we use that money then to Have you, to I mean, it. did you consider, you know, selling equity up front or...? We, we we do, but we haven't found a partner who who speaks that language yet, okay. right? And of course, how much how much how much of equity do they want, and mm. what how, how do they uh, scale the risk? Or well, how to a degree, it's still conceptual, so, so it's still yeah, risk, yeah. yeah, it's still definitely a so lot. So that's more why we want to sell it in advance, so that to de-risk it a little bit. So mm. therefore, anyone who's coming by equity, mm. they don't view it as a high sure. risk. So therefore, they demand more equity. Mm. So you want to do a mixture of those two things. Okay. This has come out of something that is, you know, it's a personal challenge to yes. you, which was emotional. And you've come up with an idea that's elegant, that's respectful, and it's honoring this, I think, a, a national problem that um, that that a lot of the individuals within South Africa are facing. Correct. I wanted to ask you, just in closing, Larry, what are some of the overarching lessons that, you know, maybe you would tell your young self or tell some of the young entrepreneurs out there uh, just in terms of things that really stick out, the salient points that you've you've come across in your journey? So being an entrepreneur is, in particularly in South Africa, you know, it's difficult and it's tough. It's hard everywhere, but, but in but our country, it's, <laughs> it seems maybe just because we're close to it, it seems to be harder yeah, than anything else. Yeah. There's so many challenges. It's tough, you know. Then you must approach it from the beginning knowingly it's tough, right? And of course, you must prepare your, your mind, particularly because your mind is where you live most, right? Mm. So feed it with the right information. So read the right books, right? Okay. So feed your mind, mind basically. Right? Yeah, your yeah. mind is important, right? Because you sure. live in your mind. Important than mentors, okay? Mentors are important, okay? Mm. Mentors, they. How do you find mentors? I think everybody, because most people say mentors are important, but how do you find them? What is the process do you think that people could deploy and Simply, actually. So, whatever industry you choose, okay? Whatever industry you choose, those there are people who are leaders in that industry, right? Find out who their names are, okay? Of course, it's of internet, you can always Google, Google it and find out who the company is, mm. find out who they are, email them and say, look, this is who I am if you have time. Some of them will say yes, some of them won't, some of them won't have time, but eventually you'll find someone who will say mm, yes, right? Mm. And those people will be that, right? Do you know, I, I, I found, because I, I mean, I'm in a weird position where with Heavy Chef, a lot of people have asked me to be their mentor. And it's it's quite disconcerting when you get a lot of people asking to, 
you know, you know, if for your time and, and so on. So I find the thing being on the other side, what's quite effective is when people don't say, will you be my mentor? And rather say, I have this challenge and I don't know how to solve it. And can I buy you breakfast or can we go for a walk or can I show you my operation? Or, so it's, it's more practical rather yeah. than the sort of open-ended <laughs> ask of your time, you know? So, where you define the problem. Because it also it speaks to that entrepreneurial hook, right? Yeah. Like you, you and I, when we see somebody like begging for time, it's going to be quite hard for us to kind of respond to that. But if somebody throws this beautiful problem in front of us, we're going to think, ooh, <laughs> How that's, that's interesting. Right. Now I can I can. So typically for get me, I get, I get guys, also Shoshan guys, okay? Uh, uh, yeah, also Shoshan guys. And they call me and say, how can I get my business better? It's a weird thing, right? And then I say, okay, cool. Tell me what's your problem first. Sure. And then where are you located? And where? How, why do you think this business would work in your area first? Mm. Right? I mean, the guys now who are doing well are the guys who shine sneakers. Those guys are doing well. Shine sneakers, they, really? Yeah, not shine clean sneakers, sorry. Man. Oh, clean sneakers, okay. Clean sneakers. They do incredibly well yeah. in townships because there's more and more customers who are wearing post this new thing of athlete. Athleisure and that kind of stuff, yeah. People who, 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 who so, so they're more casual at work. Correct. So, so now um, sneakers are a big thing. Even my business now contributed about fifteen percent of my income, which before it was unheard of. So my, even my guys, they did it on their own. I mean that that in itself is a is a fascinating lesson of of being forced to iterate to evolve your correct your, business. your service because I mean as as people are stopping wearing the shiny shoes for work. Your, your service offering needs to adapt, adapt to that. To it, yeah. So it's, it's adapting to that. And so therefore then the thinking, when they, they, when they approach me, say, how do I overcome? How do I become a better brand than him? Mm. Right? So there's a kind of things then I, I assist them with that, right? So going back to the question of how do you become a mentor mm. is because I prefer them give me a problem yeah. then we together, we solve yeah. it together. Absolutely. Right? So therefore people can get mentors in that particular way. Sure. So mentors are important, right? And also, you must, you must love what you do, right? Like anything, you know, because entrepreneurship is difficult, if you're not, if you're not, not, not in love with it, then you're not going to go through the problems with it, right? Mm -hmm. And also, in, even things that you love, there's a point where you must call it. I might love this business, but it's not going to work. Yeah. Okay? You need yeah. to call it at some stage, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, in the shower business, I refused to call it for eight months. And it almost killed me. Yeah. It was at the point where I had to choose shoe shine, shower. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, shower. Yes. Yeah. You have to you have an ability to call. It's so hard sometimes. Because it it's like it's like your 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 baby, your baby. you know? And you've your got baby. to say goodbye to this thing. And your it's baby. just so difficult, but it's so critical. Correct. And you must listen to yourself. You know, typically this the cemetery business, it, it was it was in my mind first. Hmm. And then it materialized into paper. Then it materialized into a document. Then it went from a document into a patent. From a patent, it's going to go into reality now. And along right? the way, were you bouncing this idea of people that you trusted Correct. and then getting feedback Correct. and so on? I did. I did. And I often think to myself that if four years earlier, I thought, this was great, this is crazy, this is beautiful, but then I resigned if I was working, I was employed, I resigned, right? And then I thought it was a brilliant business. It is a brilliant business, but it took four and a half years have been poor, right? Yeah. So many people who have great ideas and want to be entrepreneurs, they normally will stop work and then start a business. But yeah. You should never do that. Yeah. You must wait until the business at least makes income, half of your income. Mm, there, there seems to be this prevailing 
uh, attitude towards entrepreneurship, that it's this great adventure, that it's, you know, all or nothing, yeah. throw in the towel, bet the farm. And, and it's so dangerous because ultimately you're putting everyone around you at risk, you're putting yourself Correct. at risk, and all the people that rely upon you at risk. And ultimately, you do need to be smart about it, right? Otherwise, you, you're just being stupid. Yeah, completely. I mean, particularly for pro professionals, right? Professionals. Mm -hmm. When they're doing, they're working for a particular company, they excel on what they do. Because mm. many people that they know, maybe in advertising, they do incredibly well, mm. right? They feel like they at a high. When they stop and open their own business, they don't have a name. They don't have a backing. But the minute you go and start your own business, it's a completely different story. The calls will stop coming, okay? Mm. Then you must build from scratch. You always have to do a business, a side hustle while you're working. Yeah. Until your side hustle becomes something that is decent because you enough money, then you can jump. Yeah. But don't just jump. It's That's such a valuable lesson. You know, create the concept. Actually do your proof of concept. Yeah. Look to see how repeatable it is and how it can make money. Get some customers, get some feedback. Keep it as a side hustle until you are confident that this thing is actually going to start taking off. And lastly, you know, because South Africa, funding is tough in our country, you know. You either need a way to fund to fund you fund your business. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think you know probably the government um, have not structured it appropriately. It's the it's the number one question I get asked at Heavy Chef is how do I get my business funded? Uh, it's so tough for people out there because there's this kind of blurry, you know communication that comes from government that, you know, well, we, we're setting up these things, the SME fund, and there's these things, you know, these structures like, you know, 12J and, and all, you know, all we, nobody knows what it means exactly. and nobody knows what the first step is. So ultimately they are paralyzed because they don't know what, what to do. Yeah. And there's a lot of positive signals that are starting to emerge that are, 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 you know, that are, it's a sea change for all the young entrepreneurs out there um, who, who want to get cracking, who've just seen hurdles in front of them. One of the problems that you find in townships is all of these big shopping centers are being built and all of these um, shops that come from, from, from cities, right? And mm. they come and take away business in the townships. Mm. It's a problem because government has not really structured it in a way that complements Right. No one really guards what is the CSI. I mean, if the Woolworths in your area, what about the, the, the house that used to sell stuff down the road? Yeah. What happens with that? Because pick and pay, checkers and, and Woolies, they, they are one stop. So they'll sell bakery, they'll sell meat, they'll sell uh, fruit and veg. They'll sell incredibly now. The guy who sells fruit and veg down the road, no one has business. Yeah. Right. And the guy, the guy who sells meat, the, the butcher guy, they no longer has business. Right? Yeah, it's such the a great point. The baker, there no needs to be business. more partnership and there collaboration be, be where these guys come in, right? So retail is not is not really managed appropriately, you know, by by government or even by whatever sector they they, they they are in because there needs to be a way that says if I'm moving to the township, I must be supplied locally. Mm. It has to be stipulated that you have to have local supply, but then you're converting the guy who used to directly supply to the, to the retail market. Then he supplies you, right? Mm. Then there's no loss of, of, of income for him. Mm. But then when you put your big shop there, you just change the whole the whole structure. Sure. There needs to be a way in which when they when they come and put down the shops there, then there's some source of co-creation co mm. with the people, the, with the residents over there because the employment they bring, because it's too efficient, that system. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the big shops of the future, you don't need a, you need a person sitting at the till anymore. Mm. You just use a car, then you walk out.
I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, it just it needs to be an understanding mm. of the the responsibility of the companies going in and 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 you know capitalizing off of these populations, these community communities, and it's not helping. It's it's just consumption. It's, it's just, not about that that co creation, as you say. And I love that concept of co creation because there's an opportunity there, right? We have a lot of work to do, Larry. <laughs> I'm saying that I realize that you know the, the numbers don't work. The efficiencies. Mm. It's more efficient for for Woolies to get their supplier, whoever it is. At the same time, the, though, the standard, it, right? it's it's not it's it's more than just the numbers, though, right? There's also the feeling and the support that you're creating that provides that larger halo effect. Yeah, you, you know, Larry, there there is precedent though for the idea of doing good business and doing well at business. So I think you know the most obvious. Uh, Example is Blake Mikowski with Tom's Shoes. And, you know, his model was, you know, working in South America, looking at all the artisanal talent there who made these beautiful shoes, taking them back to the United States. He sold a pair of shoes. For every shoes he sold, he would, you know, give another pair back to uh, kids in the rural kids in South America who desperately needed it going to school and that kind of thing. There was such a huge social element to his business model. And people bought it. They bought the story, and it became one of the most profitable uh, and fastest-growing uh, leisure brands in the world. So, you know, there 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 are ways of doing it that speaks to people's hearts as opposed to just their their wallet. And so, I think you know, it does need, as you said, needs you know this co-creation, and it needs people at the top in the spreadsheets Correct. to have a little bit more Correct. of a of a, a creative mindset yeah. to to understand that this is a long-term benefit that they're talking about. Larry, we're going to have to call it now. I could speak to you for days. I kid you not. It is great. it is just so fascinating to hear your story, and Thank and I'm so much. privileged to spend time with you. And I'm looking forward to our next meeting in Cape Town. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, I. Yeah. Um, I, I wish you all the best for this next chapter. It's uh, it's really exciting, it's exciting and also great to see your energy about it. It is. And, uh, and long may your success continue. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank cool, you man. Nice one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Healthy Business Show. If you love this podcast, do let us know via social media, tag at discovery underscore essay. Use the hashtag DSY Healthy Business. And please do rate us on your favorite podcast platform whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your shows. You can also find more shows on the Discovery website at discovery.co.za forward slash corporate forward slash podcasts. Creating better businesses with Discovery Business Insurance.